Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Episode 21, the most technical, difficulty, savvy episode ever. Props to Nick for figuring out. Anyway, props to Nick for figuring everything out. Um, Adam West joined with Nick Underhill of The Advocate. Follow Nick on Twitter at, it's been so long, I don't even know what your, your Twitter handle is anymore. At Nick underscore Underhill. Follow me on Twitter at ask me to say three two three, even though you have to go through basically like a security gate TSA for me to actually actually follow me on Twitter. Um, that is <laughs> that aside, uh, this this podcast is actually we're so dedicated to do an episode this week. We haven't done one, and it's been like two weeks that my the pc that i usually do the podcast on it's kaput it it literally it does not work it's out of commission and nick not known for being a tech guru said you know what i'm going to figure it out figure it out i'm using my phone through google hangout for us to record this episode and I mean, technically, I don't even know why we're recording this episode because uh, the Saints have been god awful. But I guess this might be the perfect time to record an episode so we can discuss how awful they've been. Uh, awful may be a little strong, uh, but anyway, that aside, let me, clap, let me clap for you. Let me clap for you right now. Props I'm, to you. I'm just excited for people to hear the the new intro music. Our guy Chris Pritham hooked us up with a, with a nice new beat. He's actually produced songs for people like Lloyd Banks and Raekwon. So I think that kind of makes us like Wu-Tang affiliates and affiliates of the G unit. So, I mean, we, we got a little street cred now. I actually, side, side story, I actually owned like the first pair of G units back in, in junior the Reebok. High. Yeah, I had a pair. I did, not going to lie. I, I, I didn't have them, but I had the uh, the Jay-Z S-Stock Carters. I had a, I, had more than one pair of those, actually. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, um, I don't even know. I don't know where to start. Um, I guess we could start by talking. Do you want to start by talking what position that the Saints should be addressing in the upcoming upcoming draft, or is that is that too soon? My my pull, pulling the gun too soon? No, I, I think that's fine. Let me. <laughs> I mean, if if the draft were today, I think the Saints would have the sixth pick. So, Six, thank, and I never thought I'd say this, but thank you, Dallas Cowboys, getting us, yeah, getting us higher in the draft. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the type, it's the type of season that that the Saints have had right now, four and eight. Uh, prior to, I think the last time we talked was I don't remember what what was the last time we talked. It wasn't the Washington game. It was no, it was after the Washington game because Rob Bryant had got fired. It was kind of like that bye week 
and then came who did they play before the Carolina game? Uh, that's his. I don't, I don't even know. It's been that type of season. So Houston, man. it was, yeah. Like I've, I've, I've put it in the back of my mind <laughs> of JJ Watt destroying our offense. You know, the Dennis Allen game where the defense did, they weren't great, but they definitely did enough that if the offense showed up, that game could have been won. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Uh, and then the Carolina game this past Sunday, the microcosm of the game in itself was early on the defense played great, but the offense wasn't doing enough. And then as the game went along, it was a complete flip-flop where the offense was doing enough and then the defense was like, nah, we're good. We're not gonna we're not gonna hold our ed-. complimentary football has been the complete story of the two thousand fifteen Saints or lack there of lack of complimentary football, whether it be on a week to week basis or even in game basis, it's it's just a huge issue of consistency from both sides of the ball. So, are, are we going to talk about the last two games, or are we doing? Yeah, yeah, doing yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's fair for us to talk. We have to talk about the last two games. People haven't haven't heard us talk about football in, in the last two weeks. So we can, I obviously my memory's off because I can't even remember who the Saints played before the Carolina game. I'm, I'm so distraught. But going back to the Houston game, what? You know what you what you remember. What were your thoughts from that game besides JJ Watt completely making Zach Streif look like an undrafted free agent? Uh, I mean, I guess the biggest takeaway from that game would have been the uh, totally inept offense. I mean, they only got six points, and you know, I, I know the Saints have they rank well in a lot of offensive categories, but I really think that, and I think I've said it on here before. I, I think there's been some stat padding and a handful of games that have kind of inflated those numbers and masked some of the issues that this team is having. And you saw them there in, in the Houston game, six points. And then against Carolina, when they had the opportunity, I mean, they had ample, ample, ample opportunity to just take control of that game early, run away with it. I mean, geez, if Kai Forbath even hits that field oh, goal, Lord. there's, there's a three point difference. So, they got it going a little bit later in the game, uh, and I will. And I will say, uh, from just from this perspective, uh, the Carolina Panthers, like their defense, isn't isn't a pushover. They have, you know, Rivera has and and Sean Dermott has created a very stout defense with Keekley with Thomas State Thomas Davis. Um, their front seven is a very strong front seven, and and I and I know that I'm not trying to absolve any of how bad the offense was early, but it was, I think I, it was impressive to see, I mean, obviously what nine points came off defense and special teams, but it was still impressive to see the offense make big plays against a pretty on paper, pretty stout defense when the game, when technically like once it became what 27 to whatever the score was, I mean, most people probably thought like, well, well there's no way we're going to catch back up. And they, they, they got, three touchdowns when they needed it in the second half. I, I guess the most unfortunate thing for me out of that game is that they didn't stick with the run more because when Ingram was running, he didn't face eight men in the box a single time. Every single run was either seven guys or six guys. And some of that was because the Saints were going to their 11 personnel. But even when they were in 12, it was only seven guys in there. And it's not like he was hitting home runs every time he was running. It was stuff, 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 14-yard gains, stuff, stuff, nine-yard gain. But I think if they would have stuck with it, they could have got their yards that way. It would have forced Carolina maybe to pull somebody in. Would have maybe opened up a little bit more for Breeze in the passing game. And I, I don't know. I, I just felt like there was a lot of opportunity there in just a number of 
things just cause them not to take advantage of it. And at this point in the season, maybe a loss is better because they aren't making the playoffs anyhow, and every loss moves you up theoretically in that draft order. But this is a game they should have won. And I know Carolina is an undefeated team, and, and maybe it should just be okay, you know, be happy that they competed against them. They 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 were in the game. They had a chance to to knock off the undefeated team, but they didn't. And it's kind of it's it's kind of a disappointing feeling if you're if you're a fan of this team. It's I would say it's disappointing, but if you especially the paid attention and just been emotionally invested, especially the last two seasons in the team, it's not that surprising. I think well, that, no, <laughs> I think I think it's, I think uh, one of the best tweets I, I i've seen on twitter was this year saints if last year saints prepared you for this year saints team like you went through everything last year you're like okay i, I already i already know how this story is going to end if you look at the tennessee game the carolina game wh- whatever it may be especially 2000 2013 has prepared a lot of us saints fan for what's taking place this season now maybe we didn't think it would it was going to be this bad and speaking of that, I think we're, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the hot topic of, of who is Brandon Browner right now. Um, we all have, I mean, we will touch on various points of, of things we'll touch on throughout the podcast. It's, it's, it's not going to be a full hour, usual long episode. It's going to be cut short. But I think we have to start talking about Brandon Browner. And I, I don't know, I don't, blowing up on Dennis Allen on the sideline, I I don't know. I mean, I guess I know how he has a job. I think the cornerback depth is just that thin that they just don't have anyone else to put out there. But if you if you look at the Hakeem Hicks situation, he was benched and he had kind of uh, like a shiny match with Sean Payton on the sideline. A couple of weeks later, he's traded to the to the Pats. It's uh, where's your stance on the Brandon Browner situation? Those two beats in the third quarter, Ted Ginn beating him on the sideline looked bad. I mean, granted, he probably shouldn't be on Ted Ginn because he's way too fast for Browner. And if, you, if Browner is on him, there should be safety help over top. And then Philly Brown just completely froze him on that route two plays later, and, and that looked that looked awful. I thought the uh, unnecessary roughness was, was probably one of the poorer penalties I, I've seen this season. Play was already over. He, he just lays the guy out. The penalty in the end zone, that was – Unfortunate too, because I, I thought Browner had good coverage on him. He, he didn't need to grab. He didn't need to grab on the Gin's chest to to stick with him. There was nowhere for him to go. Overall, I think he gave up like four catches for fifty five yards, which which isn't terrible. But then you add in all these other things, and it just becomes a pretty poor performance. The bad thing is the blow up with Dennis Allen on the sideline. And if I was the coach of this team, I, I would look at that and feel like. I need to do something to show my players that I'm in control and this kind of behavior isn't going to be tolerated. So I feel like Sean Payton's kind of in a spot, but he defended him. So I don't know. Maybe he's going to let it go. Maybe it's not that rare. Maybe behind closed doors, coaches and players have these things, but I don't know. It looked bad to me. And it's just kind of with other events, this one added on top. It's not a great look. And the the thing is that if, let's say for instance, if, if the, if the Keenan Lewis injury, you know, if he was healthy, I'm assuming that Bro and Lewis would be this, and then Brown or I don't know if he plays. Slot probably is in his best position. It's just that pseudo linebacker position, kind of in the box guarding tight ends and, and or and, or bigger receivers would kind of be with the role that he'd play. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, if you look at if you look at the Seahawks this week, you know they signed. 
Kerry Williams to a big contract. He started 10 games for him. And then they were like, all right, we're done. Like we, yeah. we've seen enough. And it, you know, and, and I, and I think the Saints have become better at that uh, example with that would be Stanley D Baptiste uh, to an extent, but I'm like, at this point, I'm like, man, can you cut Brown? I, and I'm just as a fan speaking, can you cut Brown or sign Stanley G. Baptiste from the Lions <laughs> pack? Just and just throw him out there and see. I mean, see, see what it, can, it can't be worse, can it? I don't. I, I honestly don't don't think it could be worse. And I don't think that we. I say we collectively. You know, when we. I still remember us doing the film study for Browner and I, me, me watching the three, three game. You know, three games of him last season and being absolutely ecstatic that he was going to be. You know, that we were getting him. And and I was. I was lukewarm when I when when the signing happened and then after the signing and after watching the film study I was definitely on cloud nine I was like this is like the missing piece we'll finally have two good starting cornerbacks and he doesn't even look remotely close to the same player that I watched on film last year it's absolutely insane it's like it's like space jam and someone took a football and just took all his (laughs) his cornerback playing skills away I I don't know It's, it's crazy to me the thing I'm starting to wonder is if they even have the personnel to run the defensive scheme they want to run. Like, I, I wonder if they would be a better cover two team if if they'd be better off with, with you know, Bird isn't the fastest guy in the world. He, he kind of succeeds off his instincts. I wonder if he'd be better if just worrying about half the field. I wonder if some of the issues with the cornerbacks would be better masked if, if they both had safety help. And you could even – in base defense kind of put Kenny Vaccaro down in the box as like a hybrid weak side linebacker of sorts because Denel Ellerby's out and they don't have anybody that can cover a tight end or, or a running back coming out of the backfield. And I, I honestly wonder if they would be a better defense if, if they kind of switch things up. Maybe, you know, it, it's just a thought. I don't know if it would be any better, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate seeing them try something different. It's it's funny you you mentioned Vicaro playing kind of that line. I I remember his first game as a rookie against the Falcons uh, two seasons ago. Right? Yeah, it was two seasons ago. That's how Rob Ryan kind of was using him. Um, it's kind of exclusively just all over the field, especially down in the line of scrimmage. Um, I know something else that happened in the off, in the, the bye week was Andres Pete uh, getting the the guard the yeah. start at, at left guard. What's been your impression of him? I mean, maybe kind of. I guess the, I guess the line in general just had a whole an awful experience in, in the Texas game. But what's been your? I mean, and I still say that. Th- and this is not going to be his position come next year, regardless of who's the head coach of the team. I, I think it's ninety nine percent sure Streif isn't going to be on the team anymore, and that right tackle position is going to be Pete's. It's going to be Pete's position. But what have you seen from him at guard thus far? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure like if that'll be next year or down the road or whatever, but I, I do think that his long-term position is tackle, as you said. As far as how he played, I, I thought against the Houston, against Houston, it was um, it was a little rough. There were some rough spots there, and I was actually kind of concerned about him playing there coming out of that game, just based on what I've seen, because I, I thought there were a lot of hiccups. But then again, their front seven is fantastic, and everybody was getting killed in that game. But this game, I, I thought he was better. He had him for four pressures, which isn't great, but there were moments within there that, that I thought he looked really good, and I thought it was a step in the right direction. And I think as he settles in there more, maybe we'll continue to see him get better over the final four weeks. Not really talking about players on the field. The the biggest 
chess piece domino is that's going to happen this offseason is the future of Sean Payton. We've talked about it extensively on the podcast. You would think that the continual losing will maybe encourage him or maybe entice him more to maybe seek out a different opportunity with another another team elsewhere. But I still come back to the same question as to the two questions we've talked about it. We talked about it before we're going to be talking about until there's until we know resolution one way or another one, what's con- what proper, what proper compensation for trading Sean Payton would be. And two, I, I, I still can't think of a team that would make sense that he would go to for like, if I'm putting, if I'm Sean Payton in my mind, what's that ready to make team that kind of, you know, I, I'm sure He's tired of having an offense with having a team that in the I guess in his in his tenure here having a team where it's always been offense heavy and defense has either been average to below average and the really successful seasons above average. So I, I you would think you would want to go to a team that the defense side of the ball is already set up and there's already some stability at quarterback and the only two teams I could think of would be Miami Dolphins, depending – I mean, I don't know where you – where one's – I don't know where his stance or where one stance is on Ryan Tannehill. And then the Houston Texans, but there's no stability in terms of their quarterback position. And then if Houston's trading for Sean Payton, that's at least you would think a first-round pick, so he wouldn't be able to choose his quarterback. That's – there's so many moving components that it's hard to align what would make sense. And like, here's the thing: Houston still might make the playoffs. As, as crazy as it's six and six, they still, yeah, they still, they yeah, still that's very true. They, so they, I believe, I, I mean, I like, believe they are, they are tied. They, are, I looked at it on Sunday night. They are tied with the Colts. Or they both have six and six. I think the Colts have, are number one in the AFC South because they they've won more games in the division. But yeah, they're they're Houston's right in the playoff hunt. Yeah, I mean, so the, there's two teams everybody's talking about. Both of them might make the playoffs. Then you look at Miami and they're firing their coordinators and there's just something going on there. It seems like every couple of weeks that just screams instability for that franchise. I don't know if I'm Sean Payton, I don't know if I want to go to that situation. The The owner is so erratic. You go there and you have no idea what's going to happen. And I guess the question comes back to what, is there a situation out there that's even like, obviously we're, we're talking, we're talking, we're talking, Kind of rhetorically and kind of theoretically speaking, but what what team in the NFL has that situation? I one can maybe say the Colts because you have a franchise quarterback and Andrew Luck, but then is the Colts defense any better than the Saints defense you know, on paper? Like in terms of on t- talent wise, like I don't I don't I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a team out there. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to spot. Like I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the standings right now, and it's just there's, there's nothing that screams like, you know, this is a great situation. I'm gonna go back to the one I said before, and I, I don't think they get rid of Del Rio, but like if for, for some reason the Raiders thought they could get Sean Payton, I could see Sean Payton possibly being intrigued by that, just because they have so much young talent, and they got the young quarterback. If you lose the pick. It doesn't really hurt you in terms of finding that quarterback because it's already in place. So maybe that's if I was a coach, that's where I would want to go. And I think I think something that on the on the back of if you're thinking about Sean Payton, uh, 
for, I guess, suitors is I think being close to his kids is something that's very important to him. So you have to kind of keep that in your mind too. Like it, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 and without knowing what that resolution is going to come to the whole, I mean, that's the biggest piece. Once that happens, whether he gets traded or whatever the outcome is going to be, then the offseason truly starts. And I, I think we might, you know, I don't think it's going to be one of those where it's the start of the, the start of free agency and like Jimmy Graham's traded on the first day. It's going to be like, there's, there's going to be resolution, you know, pretty soon after the season ends in February of, of what, what's going to happen with that. And I think it's going to be fascinating what the outcome is going to be. Honestly, I don't even want to think about him going because if he goes, I feel like it's just going to get dark and, once you get bad, I, I could just see them just starting the whole rebuild, just going down to the studs. And man, once you get bad in this league, it, it is not easy to get good. I, 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 mean, I don't, I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be writing about a team that's winning two games a season. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I understand. Well, I, I'll, I'll look at it like this: like if Sean Payton, like I'm pretty sure you you have an article planned or something. If Sean Payton leaves, like the potential head coaches that could replace him. And it depends on your mindset of if you want to go, if it should be offense, defense, or whatever it may, whatever it may be. I mean, honestly, if Sean Payton leaves, it sounds weird to say this because you would say like you're kind of getting the same type of person offensively. But give me Hugh Jackson. Yeah, he is doing. Keep in mind, he, there's the Bengals has plenty of weapons offensively, and they're probably the most complete team, or one of the more complete teams in the complete in the NFL offense and defensively. But I think Hugh Jackson with, you know, I think, you know, you see what he's doing with Andy Dalton. I think if Hugh Jackson came, I think that would probably cement Drew Brees being a Saint at least another year longer. And it's not like the Saints are the Saints offense completely divulge, devoided of weapons. Don't get me wrong. It hasn't. It's not the same as it has been in the past, but there's weapons to play with there. I, I, I can see that as a replacement, but then... After that, like I have to kind of, I'd have to do my research to see who would be the next best fit, you know, team wise. I feel like Adam Gase has kind of proven himself too a little bit. I wouldn't be mad if he got a shot to be head coach. Frankly, I would rather if he goes. I'm more into going after you know a coordinator and giving him his first shot because you have the chance of finding greatness that way. If you go for a previously established coach and bring him back in, it's just kind of going to be you know what it is and. At least, at least, if you go, there's a chance of busting, of course, going with, with an unproven guy. But you have the chance of getting that upside. And the only thing I'll, I'll give, I'll, I'll give this. Here's my make. Here's me. This, this is me making the case for Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson took the Oakland Raiders that were completely devoid of talent and had Jason Campbell at quarterback to an eight and eight record. Yeah, he they, got screwed. He got screwed there, no doubt. He made the Carson Palmer trade, and I know in the back of his mind he probably wakes up every day saying, "You know what? I was right. I just didn't." about Carson Palmer in the trade. I just didn't have the talent in Oakland offensively to justify it because Hugh Jackson, the reason that Carson Palmer trade happened to Oakland was directly because of Hugh Jackson, period. And, you know, he has to think, he, you know, there's some type of, he feels vilified and and, uh, that, you know, now in terms of, in terms of things. So uh, he, 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 he's made, Get your family under control, Adam. (laughs) He's made good. He's made good decisions um, from a head coach perspective. And you see what he he can do as an offensive 
mind in the NFL. So that's that's me making the case for him. Uh, I'm a big Hugh Jackson fan. So if if he became the head coach of the Saints, that, that's one person I wouldn't mind at all. All right. Well, let, let's talk about how the Saints can get better, and we'll go we'll go to the draft. All right, the draft number, topic. My, my favorite thing, number number six. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Saints right now have the six the sixth pick in the draft. Um, there are literally a plethora of ways that they could go. Um, so right now, I mean, obviously, we're, it's it's freaking it's December and the draft is in, <laughs> the draft is literally five months away. But here we go. Um, what are give me give me just give me four players that you are targeting or the Saints should target from I mean obviously I know you're not a big college football guy but just what you've seen so far that that the Saints should target in the upcoming draft if they with a high pick the linebacker from Notre Dame with what is Jalen 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 Smith all right that's Sorry, it's getting a little hot in here. You're talking about David Smith. <laughs> Woo! I, I like him. I like I like Treadwell. He's he's been somebody I like I've liked a lot. Uh Ramsey from, from Florida State is another guy that I've liked. Uh this will probably be easier. Let me let me let me give you my, my top positions. Okay. Regardless of you know who's gonna be there or whatever, it's way too soon to even try to start figuring that out. For me, number one is weak side linebacker. Two, I'll go pass rusher. Three, defensive tackle. Four, wide receiver. Five, two guards. I don't think the only – I would switch. I I almost completely agree with with your list. I would probably switch um, tackle with pass rusher. That's fine. Well, and when I say defensive tackle, I'm thinking more of like a guy that can generate inside pressure. I, I kind of think if you get a DT that's a legitimate pass rusher, that can almost be more disruptive than having I think that it, pass rusher off the edge. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. Those I guys think, are rare, though. I think it's proven that interior pressure, because, to in my opinion, and it depends on what football mind you ask. In a way, you can always kind of scheme against outside pressures, whether it be chips, blocks, and then obviously the quarterbacks in the NFL, especially Drew, like perfect example, Drew Brees, he can step he can step up in a pocket if he has a clean pocket and still make a throw. But if you're if if it's interiorly coming right at him and you, you you know the man just in front of him is just getting beat, there's no way there's no word to run from that. It's just it's a done deal. So I I completely agree with that. Um, yeah, it's hard when you see a comment. You see yeah. a comment, it's, it's going to speed you up. And but those guys are rare. I mean, there isn't like Sue's hanging all over the place. But you know, those those guys are few and far between. There aren't. Um, and I, I've tweeted this. I don't know. Probably, I think I tweeted this on Monday. Is that as Saints fans, we have? I know for sure we have this phobia when it comes to defensive tackles because. Well, I don't, I don't, was it 2004? I'm sorry, my, my years might be off. Whatever the trade was to, to jump up super high in the draft, to draft um, John, Jonathan Sullivan, I want to say it was 2004. My years might be off. And he was a colossal, colossal bust. You had the Cedric Ellis trade, or we, had, we traded with the Patriots. To, we took Cedric, Cedric Ellis, I want to say eighth. And 
you can, I mean, some people say using the term bust for said Ellis is a little strong, but for all sorts of purposes, like he, he was a bust. Um, Akeem Hicks, I mean, granted he was in a, he was a third round pick. So I, I, there's a, there's this phobia for Saints fans of taking defensive tackles. And I get it because we have not, historically, we have not, we have not, Take, drafted well in terms of defensive tackles. But I think in this draft, there's enough talent, whether it be a Joey Bosa or a, a Robert um, um, Kim DJ, that if they're, if they're on the board and they rank out as a top player or whatever, and I, I would be, if they were selected, I wouldn't have a fear. And typically, like I would with most defensive tackles. Oh, completely forgot another player um, Buckner from Oregon. I know a lot of people last year were high on. Eric Armstead, Eric Armstead, and I wasn't a huge fan of his because he just reminded me of Akeem Hicks. I think Buckner from Oregon is the player that people wanted Eric Armstead to be. Like he, so those three tackles, if they took them in the in the top ten or whatever, I'd be completely fine with. It's, and I wouldn't have that DT phobia as I typically would for most D, D tackles. So, what are your top positions? Um, I just – so top position, I'm trying to – I'd probably – I would say it has to be weak line linebacker. And I, if you can't tell already, I already have a huge man crush on Draylon Smith. But he's not – I mean, let's be real. Nothing's going to ever get to, to Todd Gurley levels. That's – like, that's that's done. Like, like – <laughs> It can't be. It can't be achieved. Like that's not another, you know, spe- specter. But Jalen Smith, in terms of a prospect, I I love his game. Um, we can we'll we'll have a complete draft episode theme episode. And we can and I'll give my my comp for him. But I the thing, just thinking of say, I know it sounds like a, a unicorn to say this, but thinking of a healthy Ellerby, Anthony in the middle, and Jalen Smith. Oh my goodness, that's get me all sweaty. So I would say, I would say definitely outside linebacker uh, Two again, I'd say the, uh, the tackle three, you said outside, outside linebacker. I'm going to say right receiver for three and then for four, I'm going to say pass rusher and then five guards. Yeah. And guards probably, Maybe even should be higher. Higher, just, yeah, absolutely. They're just not. They're just not fun when they aren't. But I mean, they aren't. But looking at they're important. They are. They're especially. If, I mean, we don't know how long Drew Brees is going to be the quarterback much longer for the Saints. But if he's like that, the guard position is critical with Drew at quarterback. And then, I mean, you look at how the Dallas the Dallas Cowboys have built their offensive line. It's been high high draft picks in terms of. But I mean, a good historically, especially the last couple of drafts, it's been shown that you can draft good to great guards later in later rounds yeah. of the draft. Like they don't have to be a top ten first round pick. They've oddly been going higher though in recent drafts, like the the elite ones. But I mean, top ten pick and they take a guard, that's going to be a little disappointing. It would that basically. Can't... It would basically be Andres Pete all over again. <laughs> Am I right? Like that's exactly what it would be. Now, yeah, it would. It would, and uh, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not writing the end of the book for Pete 
now I know a lot of Saints fans are saying that he's like trash. Like really, he's a he's a rookie. Like he's he's a rookie playing out of position. Like you maybe you should kind of hold back on making you know snap judgments about someone. Like it that's something that's annoying. I've seen like on Twitter. Like really, he's he's a rookie that's not even playing his his natural position. Like calm down. They've been angry, man. They they've Uh, been they've been angry. Man, it's it's been it's we're, we're fed up. We're, we're tired. Um, it, I, it's funny because I don't I don't think it's gonna be a I don't think it's gonna be. I mean, for me personally, like I can never root for the Saints to lose. I I can't. So I know technically we're not going. We're not doing anything this season. We're not going to the playoffs. So technically, I should hope to be competitive in games. And then, like, if we win. I can't. I can't root for my team to lose. It's just it, it goes against my grain. It just I, was, I can't do it. I was just surprised that former friend of the podcast Ryan Hinton came at me today. You know, like that. They're, they're starting. They're, they're going off the chains, man. Former friend of the former friend of the podcast. He's Fredo, man. I, that's it. I, I I mean I don't know where they go from here. Maybe you know what this. I know you, it's been a. It's been a. Uh, I don't. What's the word for it? It's just been a drag of a season. I think what the pod really needs is another appearance by Greg Rosenthal. I think that's really what, what boosts the pod. No, you've you've fully turned into Noah from the affair. <laughs> if I left this this show and you got Greg to come on and replace me, I feel like after six weeks you'd be looking for somebody else. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm trying to think of someone who I would, I'd probably be like, I'd probably try to be like, oh man, if only Greg Cosell would follow me and just, <laughs> <laughs> and, and just start plotting. <laughs> oh man. You'd, you'd start following him and I'm following him like every couple days, hoping <laughs> you'd see it and just. <laughs> hey Greg, just, just. Just a heads up, just saying, you know, we're out there. Anyway. So you got to, you got to think for Greg's then. <laughs> you, we now know your type. Yeah, white white males named named Greg, two G's or one G. I don't discriminate. That's good. I mean, you can't discriminate. No, no. All, Gre- I, I all Greg's are, you know, you got to treat uh, all Greg's fairly and Greg, equally. Our Greg's are created equal. Okay, so that's that's our that's our quick forty minute podcast. The Saints play we played the Bucks and Tampa this up in the upcoming game on Sunday. Um, I don't I don't know how the defense is going to stop Doug Martin. Um, but hopefully, Bro is healthy, and uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, Nick. <laughs> I, 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 I I'm trying to give like a breakdown of the game, and it's just me shrugging my shoulders, going, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Who knows? I, I, we, we should, I wonder if there's a prop bet that you can do at Vegas for the number of defensive holding penalties that Brandon Bounder has in one game. I wonder if they, they could do that. Like, what's the, the, the over-under? That'd be an awesome game to do in Vegas. I'm just saying. I, th- I think it'd be two. Yeah, probably two. And then, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to ride on Brandon Bounder anymore. I'm, Right now, I'm just just fed up, just fed up. Uh, we should say I, I will say this. Um, 
it was good to see Brandon Coleman having yeah a good a good game. I mean that's that's um I think you know, in the grand scheme of things, if he's coming along, like obviously it's taken much later than I've envisioned. But if he can consistently do that in a game, and you throw in Brandon Cooks, who's actually Brandon Cooks has had a really good season. I know it started off slow, and but he he's had a he's had a good season. Yeah, Brandon, he, might, he might end up with like twelve hundred yards. Yeah, absolutely. Like, shot at it. I mean, I mean, he takes four yeah, really good games, but he has a shot at it. I mean, he's not an Antonio Brown. Anyway, um, he's had a really good season, and then you throw in Willie Sneed. That's that's a good. I mean, it's 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 still missing. Probably, I would say the guy, like the like a true number one, um, a true number one. I know that's why you you like Treadwell. Like, think of a, the foursome of Cooks, Treadwell, Coleman, and Snead. Like, that's a that's that's a talented, pretty talented group of wide receivers. Um, so I think that's kind of yeah. I mean, that's so I I don't know. It, it was just good to see Brandon Coleman kind of. The light bulb come on for him. Hopefully, Willie Sneed gets healthy. Throw in Brandon Cooks, and that's a good that's a good trio. And it, and as much as I'm talking about these guys, it's it's as a Saints fan, like not even mentioning Marcus Colson right now just makes me sad. Like I just want to cry. Like I, for sure, I'm I'm 99.9% sure like this is his last season. Uh, it's, it just makes me sad. It just does. The other guy they got to hope doesn't walk away is Ben Watson too, because then there's a, there's another. Another hole to fill, and he's shockingly consistent. <laughs> yeah, he's he's balled out all season. Although I will say, to your credit, you kind of called it. You kind of, you know, when it's was OTAs in training camp. You know, you kind of. I mean, that's what I do. It is. It is. Oh, congrats <laughs> to you for. I, did you did you actually get into the playoffs in our fantasy football league? I don't know. I didn't. I haven't checked the standings. Did I get in? I don't know. I, I was know. losing. I I was getting killed by the the one guy. I don't yeah, know who he is. Let me let uh, me look it up real quick before we end this. I um decided to sit Russell Wilson Sunday, and he had I don't know thirty two, thirty three points. And the guy I was facing had Cam Newton in his lineup. So that that's the type of <laughs> type of Sunday that I had. Let's see here. Where's it at? Where's it at? I did not get in. I did you, not get in. No, you know, and you know what was hilarious? Had you won that game, we would have got in. And you, yeah. you would have faced me in the playoffs. Dude, I went from the sixth seed to out just because you made me auto pick my team. Excuse me? Excuse me? Oh, no, sir. I didn't make you auto pick your team. I didn't, you know what? I'm yeah, not going to talk about you this. You screwed me on that draft, man. You knew I was in an airplane and you were like, you won the league last year. I'm going to sandbag you. I mean, technically, if you wanted to pick badly enough, you could have signed up for airline Wi-Fi and did it on your phone. I mean, I'm just saying. I was actually at a bar eating bratwurst as the draft was going on. And whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Not mine. That's Joel, that's Joel Erickson's, man. He made, me, he made me go. So so maybe you should blame this on him, not me. Sounds like Well, I mean, you didn't, you didn't give me any notice. I, I don't know who Ben is, I, UT Halliday, but he is definitely going to win this. His team is outrageously good. Yeah, his team. And that's who knocked. That's who knocked me out of the playoffs. So hats off to Ben. If I'm going to lose, at least I lost to the best. Like if you would have knocked me out, that would have been it. Well, you've already lost to me this season anyway. But anyway, I, I stop blaming me for for anyway. Hopefully, we can be back next week for episode. Um, <laughs> 
Actually, next week probably might not happen because my life gets completely nuts next week. Um, but we'll see what happens. Let's see. I can, I can squeeze, in, squeeze in an hour. We can do this. We'll probably be on my phone again since my PC is broken. But we do, we're doing it for the people. We miss the people. We, we, you know, we felt like we, we left the, the streets hanging, so we had to come back and drop a little something. So that's it? I think that's it. Join, follow Nick on Twitter at Nick underscore Underhill. Follow me on Twitter. I mean, you can, I should, I should say stop. I should say follow me on Twitter. You can send me a follow request on Twitter um, at ask me to stay three, two, three. We're out. <laughs>